Welcome to Namba Talks from Bloomington, Minnesota. I am Michael Wynn, Vice President of Ascend Namba. Uh, coming up, we have Executive Collaborator, Organizational Coach, Julie Vang. Uh, we'll be talking about diversity and leadership and um, just getting her ideas on uh, the topics. Uh, Ascend Namba, if you're not familiar with who we are, we are uh, an organization uh, that supports the advancement and development of Asian American business professionals throughout the Twin Cities. We focus on professional development, networking and business connections, engagement with corporate and educational institutions, and regional partners um, initiatives and partnership initiatives. Today, again, excited to introduce Julie Vang and uh, just wanted to see, uh, get to know you, get to see where your background is. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here today. Great, great. Um, so uh, let's just start from the beginning. How did you get your start? Um, kind of where you get your influences from? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, again, I'm an executive uh, collaborator, consultant. Uh, coach and board member and advisor to multi-skilled organizations, uh, collectively creating uh, economic uh, pipelines uh, that amplifies community sustainability and viability, uh, really focusing on deep uh, racial and gender equity work, um, and of course uh, driving uh, strategies and profit growth in marginalized uh, economically disadvantaged and underserved communities. That really started for me, um, I actually started working in corporate um, after undergrad and then I, um, you know, of course with corporate you're always stuck in an office <laughs> and so you didn't really, I wasn't really, um, you know, engaged with my community and I felt, I didn't feel too fulfilled from that and so I decided to branch out, started my first nonprofit work with a uh, FQHC, so a federally qualified healthcare center in St. Paul in the Rondo areas and if you know uh, the Rondo St. Paul area is very highly populated with African-American folks and then most recently um, the Hmong community uh, had also transitioned there too um, and so I realized there were a lot more work in the communities that I was not exposed to, I was definitely not informed and educated about and that just meant I needed more uh, you know, uh, engagement with my community, not just working in the institutions and organizations. And so then I decided to do my MBA with Cardinal Stritch and learn more, uh, you know, concept and fundamentals in business, and then continued most of my administrative work into nonprofit. Um, and then I moved from my FQHC into uh, working with a social enterprise. And then recently just transitioned out of that to do my, uh, you know, uh, independent contractual work with, um, with a lot more uh, diverse, across sectors, I would say, organizations to really build more organizational development, leadership development, and of course, restructuring policy changes, um, you know, insightful or complex uh, strategic changes and uh, that are much more community-centered uh, programs and, um, and projects that really fits to the needs of our community. So that's kind of where um, I'm going to kind of stop okay. there too. So that's kind of the background of where I got, where I started and where uh, it has taken me. So um, for those people that aren't familiar with yeah. the work that they do at, they do at Ronald, can you um, kind of give some background of, of some of the, the work specifically you did at Rondo? Yeah, so um, 
Rondo, again, Rondo is just, uh, you know, it's, it's a part of St. Paul. Um, the FQAC that I work with, again, is a... What was that? I'm sorry. So FQAC, so again, it's very qualified healthcare center. It's mainly, it's a community clinic okay. that's focused on vulnerable populations. Uh, it's also focused with, you know, uh, mainly communities in that area. Of course, there are other folks uh, that do come from the greater metro area as well, but the most, uh, most of the people that are served are underserved communities within the St. Paul area, St. Paul and Minneapolis area. And so there are a lot of services, uh, for example, there are, um, you know, uh, uh, sliding fee scales for f folks who are not able to afford health care, okay. who doesn't have access to certain, you know, um, programs or issues uh, or, uh, excuse me, programs and services that help them with their healthcare issues such as chronic diabetes, uh, eye care. Lots of a lot of time, these are people who doesn't have insurance or people who has insurance that doesn't that is not affordable to a lot of you know the high priced premium kind of healthcare that we have around here. Um, and we also have people who are also undocumented too, and that's one of the main thing that we're still kind of figuring out too. Yeah, so I mean like. When, I mean, the, the work that you do with Rondo give a lot more access to um, people that otherwise would have trouble getting to the, the services that they need. Right, right. So it's really focused on urban, uh, you know, urban issues that we normally don't have in, you know, other suburban areas where most people are able to afford their own health care. Gotcha, right? gotcha. So from, from there, you're, you're saying you made the transition to kind of the other side of the coin where you worked for a large or scale organizations mm -hmm. where you know they their their focus and their their mission and their their goals are much different mm -hmm. so um, can you tell me a little bit about that that transition from working very um, uh, very on the ground tactics to very high level thinking uh, professionals yeah so there's a every Organization has a different culture, different structure, how they, you know, work with communities, how they have social responsibilities in the communities. And so working in a corporate, you know, we all know there's always um, a culture where there's revenues that needs to be, you know, coming in. There's something that has to bring profit in, right? Whereas when it comes to nonprofit, public, or even, um, you know, uh, uh, other uh, you know startups and grassroots the focus is more on uh, is more people-centered and so then the structure itself is not always about an organizational piece it's always about how do you bring in people from the communities to share their insights to share their um, you know their problems and help us help the organization the people working in the organization bring solutions to that right um, and there's and so there are dynamics between that and so for me I'm always stuck between you know working in a structural organization and then bringing it back to the community because a lot of times eventually even for nonprofits too there's always going to be a flaw of okay well we need to bring in more money yeah. more revenue we need to be able to bring in larger you know donor networks or larger shareholders and stakeholders so that we are livable and that we are still sustainable so that we can help our community but then eventually we're going to lose that uh, our sight from the community right and then it all becomes another cycle of 
profit, revenues, co losing cost, or cutting costs and expenses. And then it, you know, it's always about businesses. It's about nonprofit work, or um, you know, a, a lot of there's a lot of uh, I guess nuances around there mm -hmm. where it can digress yep. <laughs> when it comes to um, you know certain. Uh, policies and structures that you want to work within, uh, you know, corporate or uh, from corporate to nonprofit work too. So, so you kind of navigate around yeah. it, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, the, the two organizations seem very kind of on different sides of the, the spectrum, so to say. Um, but organizationally, I mean, the organi what commonalities do you kind of see between working with a, a small nonprofit versus a multi-million dollar corporation? Like what is what are some of the needs specifically, I would say with with leadership and organizational structure. Mm -hmm. Leadership is, uh, of course, diversity, equity, inclusion has been a very strong buzzword that's been emerging in the past couple of years, but it's always been in conversations in the past couple of decades, right? Um, and so as we're starting to see how nonprofit and corporate have these conversations and how they are actually shifting the way they see leadership, they're always looking to, well, how do we bring in diverse voices, diverse perspective and experiences uh, into our organizations, right? So uh, a lot of times, uh, there's this uh, this recognition and acknowledgement of the need of those kind of leadership, of a diverse leadership, of a stronger, robust, uh, inclusive leadership. Um, the hard part about that uh, is that you know recognition and acknowledgement doesn't minimize the lack of representation, right? It's it's there's always going to be inequity and discrimination in the workplace and those are things where leadership still need to step up their game right they really need to uh, consider changing in the systemic level of you know saying okay how do we how do we look at our leadership and say you know we have an all-white cis male board directors, advisory councils. We have leaders who maybe have one or two percent person of color, not even indigenous, not even alt, disabled, LGBTQ+, other type of, um, you know, labeled, othered, uh, you know, leaders who can actually bring a much more, um, you know, profound experience as well, a perspective that can change the traditional trajectory of what we, you know, of what we really define and construct in leadership, right? And so when we look into, uh, you know, working with both uh, corporate and nonprofit, that's kind of the challenge that we see, um, is how do we actually be more intentional? How can we be more, um, you know, uh, honest about the kind of leadership that we need because we talk easily about it, but we're not really good at implementing that, right? And so that's kind of things that organizational change and leadership uh, development needs to um, expand more. So, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, the kind of the, the need or the, uh, the importance of diversity in leadership. Mm -hmm. What could um, a small organization and a big organization. What are some of the what are some of the tangible benefits 
that uh, diversity in leadership, what, what, would it, what will it bring for their organization perspectively? Yeah, yeah. Well, diversity is just a composition change, right? The benefit and what's tangible about it is that when you do um, you know, implement a team of diverse leaders, you are really enforcing cultural change you're enforcing policy changes. And, and so that means equity and inclusion respectively, right? And so to be able to track that right, consistently and sustainably, that is something that you can, um, you know, you can see diversity as a positive impact to your organization, to your community, right? But you have to move forward with that through all of those changes. And that also contain, that also means that you have to start from the personal level all the way to the foundational level. Yeah, I, li right? I liked how you brought it back to the personal level because I think ultimately organizations, whoever they serve, whether it be um, a nonprofit or a larger organization, they gotta think and keep in mind who your customer or your client mm -hmm. is. If it's if you're a multi-million-dollar corporation that works worldwide, you need a a global perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're a nonprofit, you got to think about all the different people that you're serving as well. So mm -hmm. I, I like how you brought it back to um, working on a personal level, because ultimately, it is who is using these products uh, or, right. these, or these uh, services? So. Right, right. And if you're not if you're not even testing or using that product, how we know that it's going to help? Exactly. <laughs> you know your communities or the people that you're serving. <clears throat> Um, okay, so you know, talking about like some of the the benefits of having a diverse leadership or having diverse leadership, how how can you implement some of these and keep uh, organizations accountable for some of their initiatives? I mean, that's kind of like you said, it's kind of the popular topic now is mm -hmm. to create diversity inclusion groups. But mm -hmm. how do we um, how do we see the, the progress that's being made? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, exposure, right? I, so I recently went to a conference and I met with a uh, retiree, he was a social worker, white cis male. Uh, he was a social worker, uh, a big leader in uh, immigration work in the Minneapolis area. And he's, you know, he's been living here all his life, grew up here. Um, but he doesn't know about the Hmong community. And he was no. asking me like, oh my goodness, you know, I, 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 I eat, I, I eat Vietnamese food all the time. I know about the Vietnamese community. You know, I know about the Somali community. And, but the, I don't know much about the Hmong community, right? And I, and I asked him, you've lived here in Minnesota all your life and you have not, you know, engaged with the Hmong community. But for him, he's, he's been active in this little circle, in this little bubble where he's comfortable, right, in Minneapolis. And so then I challenged him to actually step out of that bubble and actually, why won't you cross the Mississippi oh, River and go to St. Paul mm -hmm. and, you know, really get to know more about the community in St. Paul, right? Because we have such a high, high population of Hmong community. We have Hmong village, Hmong town. Go and try the food. Go interact with people who you, you know, who you want to know about, right? 
instead of asking the first person, the first Hmong person you see about Hmong people, you have to do the extra work of researching, of exposing yourself to that, right? And then from exposure, how do you learn and unlearn the things that you know or don't know about certain cultures, certain, you know, uh, uh, background about people, about, you know, an environment that you're not used to, right? And then how can you start educating yourself and then others as well, right? What you learn about. So not, so not necessarily regurgitating things that you hear, but really things that you have reflected on and then you have put self-accountability, you know, to, to do the work that you want to do. And if you... <coughs> If you can't work around that process, then how do you look for help? How do you ask you know, people to help you? How do you continue to uh, learn and to also educate yourself so that you can also take that back to everything you're doing, right? Rather it's a personal uh, work or rather it's with an organization, um, with your community. How do you instill all of that into practice, into a habitual uh, process? so that you're continuously learning, you're continuously um, expanding and, and really building your community in a much more progressive way, right? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think you hit on something really important is, you know, authentic engagement, not just having, um, not, not just having uh, just a, a small part of the experience, but really, you know, ingraining some of those with the, some of the experience you've had in the past. If, you, if you've only experienced with um, X group for a short period of time, you're, you can only draw from those experiences. Right. And so if you spend more time and you have more experiences to draw from, then you can really have that authentic engagement. You can see what you're looking for as far as that diversity, um, not only of like your background, but your the experience, life experiences. Right, too, so. right, right. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So. Um, what do you what do you what would you say to somebody that is looking uh, they're in an organization whether it be big or small mm -hmm. um, and they're looking to advance their career mm -hmm. and um, what what would you say to somebody that's looking to to showcase who they are as um, as a person and also bring with them their their experiences and their their background um, especially in, in this uh, diversity inclusion environment yeah. Yeah, I would say cultivate relationships, right? Cultivate uh, trust uh, with your peers, with your leaders, with even your community. Um, a lot of times people feel like, you know, you have to conform or assimilate to a certain culture, to certain rules, compliance, and regulations, and you forget and this was speaking earlier to what I was talking about, how you know a lot of times you end up coming back to a cycle of just doing the same thing that everybody wants you to do. We talk about you know how we want to advance equity, how we want how we want to uh, you know advance a plot or create a platform that elevate our voices or our ideas or our diverse you know um, uh, skill sets and assets. But when we come into an organization, all of a sudden there becomes a structure that, okay, you have to follow this or you're not going to succeed, right? So then there's this, uh, there's these cultural factors that tend to shape success or failure, right? And it's always going to be about your attitudes and behaviors uh, on certain 
you know, regulations, certain rules, um, you know, approaches to like information sharing, right? And so then when you forget that, okay, I need to come at my most uh, genuine and authentic self, right? How does that look like, right? Does that mean that I need to be positive all the time? Because people always say you have to be positive, right? So that you can make so that people, so that you're likable, you're approachable, right? But a lot of times that doesn't work because then you're not being authentic anymore, right? You're not being yourself. You're just trying to be who people think that you can be to become a leader, to kind of like, you know, go up the ladder because you're showing that those are leader, you know, leadership traits. But a lot of times what leader doesn't, leader has a hard time doing is that they're, they're not willing to disrupt that cycle. They're, they're not willing to say, no, that's not how it should be. This is how I'm going to be, as raw, as organic as I am. And this is how I'm going to adapt to the culture, right? Adapt to the organization, as well as bring in new perception, new ideas, so that the organization can actually also learn from me and not me just trying to assimilate to the organization. So I would always say to folks, you know, if you're actually going to an organization, um, you know, be as honest to yourself um, as much as you want to be honest to the organization too, right? If you're lying to yourself that, hey, I love this organization, I love the people that I work with, even if, you know, I may experience a few microaggressions here and there, right? It That means that I'm also lying to myself too, right? I'm also saying that, you know what, I'm going here because I love it, but then, you know, a small little, you know, mishap here and there is okay. I'll brush it off. But eventually, you're going to internalize it. You're going to, it's going to build up and it's going to hurt you. And then eventually, there's going to be some toxicity that builds from that, right? And that's not the culture that you want to cultivate for yourself. That's not the kind of relationship that you want to also uphold for yourself, right? And so honesty um, and trust in yourself and bringing that to the organization and into the relationships that you want to form is very important. Takeaways. <laughs> do you have uh, one or two things that uh, we can wrap this all up and yes. put in a bow? I, I, I have a call to engage in long-term consciousness raising um so that means that you know i am always uh pushing for us to continue to build leadership to share information focus on the next generation right all the work that we're doing now are work that we are actually um you know building for the next generation. They are going to be inheriting whatever that we have here in you know in policies and systems. And so what is it that we want? them to have right so that they are uh, equipped they have the tools to succeed so that they can then focus on the next generation and next in the next and the next and so that's one thing that i i would like leaders to you know consider is uh, and to really think deep and hard about is to raise the bar right and to really start uh committing their leadership through the steepness of of, of cultivating authenticity trust uh, relationship, leadership, and community amongst, uh, on a personal and amongst their communities.